Welcome to the Ministry of Geek. I'm Richard F. And I'm Richard S. Episode 35, Richard. Another auspicious uh, well, power of, of power well, of something. No, not power of anything. It's a uh, yeah, model four of five. Add three and five to get, get eight. Yeah, it's a good mod- number. Model four of five. So how you been? Uh, oh, I've been a bit sick, but that's okay. Yeah? Yeah, you expect it this time of year. The weather's been crap. must be winter. Summer. It's end of summer, Richard. <laughs> it's uh, end of summer in New Zealand and Wellington means it's pretty much winter everywhere else. It's it's warmer rain. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh. So, um, yeah, it's another podcast. I see you've been active on the blog. <laughs> I yeah, stimulating discussion I know, and conversation. I'll tell you what the problem was. Um, you know, I, I was feeling tired. And so I did what any normal geek would do. I decided to get a whole bunch of books out of the library, work out why I'm tired, based on factual-based research. And um, the book I was reading uh, said I should eat a lot of nuts yeah. and not a lot of stuff that's got processed anything. So it pretty much Natural. eliminated all foods that are available to the Western world, mm. um, except for organic apples. In all fear, it wasn't even keen on carrots. Right. It's so, yeah, you carrots weren't good. Anyway, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so what, the, one, the only thing that I could take away from this whole thing that I yeah. thought I could actually implement was um, not switching on uh, electronic devices after, you know, a certain o'clock. time. Yeah. Right. And therefore, you haven't been able to blog. And so I can blog because that's when I was blogging. I was blogging at like 10 30 at night. And arguably, right. blogging at 10 30 at night is a really poor time to blog because it does keep you awake because you're thinking, oh, that was a crappy post I put up. I, sh- I should eat it then. But, you know, you, straight after that, you can go to bed. You know, I guess happy and content that you've got all that crappiness out, and yeah. you should really just be able to like let go of all your troubles. Wow, really, it comes back to that whole that whole photo photo sensitive. Does using an iPod wake you up? You know, so at turn a, down at a, at the brightness. Level. You know, these things have had brightness things for ages, Richard. I've got brightness on my laptop. You got probably can dim your lights at home. You're not making oh, use of the technology. Yeah, well, it's on the auto, isn't it? Oh, right. I have to go into like settings and uh, settings, adjust yeah. the brightness. Okay, I can, no, it's too hard. See, on a laptop, it's usually like some shortcut key that's pretty easy. Hmm. Maybe I can map it to the volume key. That would probably be a good thing to do. Oh, actually, what would be useful? Because I'm talking about the iPad here. I could, I could, uh, if I could map a high brightness and a low brightness to that that little you know slider that nobody uses anymore. That used to be the rotation lock. Right. I don't think you can do that. Um, yeah, Steve. I might Steve partition. Let you do that. Partition. Partition Apple. So that'd be really useful. Petition Apple, yeah. yeah. That was getting my fax machines. I will fax machines. it to <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're still badgering me about yeah. you know, putting that in. Need saying, look, here's the fax, fax numbers. Number. Here's the fax numbers again. Can't you just give them any old number and they'll just think it's a fax number? They don't actually oh, fax test it. I, would, I doubt I they'll test it. Well, our fax automatically adds who you are at the top. So I could use one of my clients, but I don't think they'd like it very no. much. No. Seems inappropriate. Put your home phone number in there. I bet they won't even check it. Do you really think they care? I think they do. Yeah. Hey, I'm thinking of going Linux. Hey, yeah. Yeah. My, uh, On my, your Apple? No. No. no well, it's uh, Unix anyway. It is kind of Unix, yeah. Linux anyway, isn't it? It's all the same, isn't it? X. X. No, no, my daughter's, um, my, my daughter's mother has said that uh, she can get hold of a free computer from her work and wondered whether my daughter might want it for her other bedroom. I've, I, of course, I love my daughter, so she's got a Mac, uh, an iMac at our place. But at her mum's place, uh, she's thinking, yeah, of getting her a computer. And the, the offer of a late model Pentium 4 <laughs> computer Whoa, has come up. And yeah. I'm thinking, ooh, okay, I guess, yeah, we could probably make that work. I don't, I've got no idea what the specs are. I mean, why should it be important? 
Her mum asked me, well, do you know, do you have Windows and Windowsy applications? I'm like, well, not really. I don't have any of that. I you, have actually, dreaded, I, you have the You have the dreaded Windows equivalent applications. Yes, yes, you do. So there's the Windows equivalent Explorer and the yeah. Windows equivalent browser. So I guess, yeah, I'll give, I'll give it a go. I guess we'll, I reckon a bold experiment is to run uh, something like Linux Mint or Ubuntu okay. on there. Yeah. And, yeah, get the equivalents, the open, open Orifice version, whatever, whatever. And see how that works for here. Okay. You've just got a web browser, right? You get yeah. a web browser on Linux nowadays? Just put Chrome on it. And yeah. then just go fully, you know, cloud. I'm not too sure if this computer's got an internet port. I'd better ask her about that. Oh, Get okay. her to check that out before she commits to it. Right. Uh, and commits hours and, and my have time. you checked just how much it. bandwidth that you're... Uh that she's going to have access to because it'll endlessly update itself. Ah, uh, true. I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, look, like it's her broadband plan, not mine. So, okay. like, yeah. yeah, no, I'm sure maybe that will be good to actually turn off any updates. In fact, it may be better to run Linux because that, that doesn't get updates every week. Well, it's, thing, it's it? virtually perfect anyway. Yeah. You don't get updates of, you know, you don't get constant uh, yeah, updates of Linux, do you? Yeah, you do. I thought it was only most with of the them, most of them, The nice thing is these days is most of them are pre compiled. Yeah. Most of them you don't have to compile yourself. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that would be quite interesting if I had to get Laura or her mum to basically yeah. run, a, run the run some make scripts. Yeah, yeah, it's like just yeah. I'll tell you. I'll repeat it over the phone, and <laughs> you just uh, follow it. No, no, no. It's like, yes. That would that would be pretty difficult. I think. So I don't know. That, that could be actually asking for a lot of trouble. That's I'm true. not too sure. I actually do have some uh, installations of Vista. <laughs> You know, lying around, so like, well, yeah. I, I, I think I don't know. Would, would that be worse? Would that be Linux, better? Yeah. It would probably be a lot less lightweight, wouldn't it? Would it run on a Pentium four? I don't know how much. Let me let me assume it's got at least a gigabyte of memory. Can the modern day Linux, you know, handle a, a, a measly miserly? Oh, the Linux, Linux will be fine. No, I, I mean I've run, um, uh, I've run uh, Ubuntu. Yeah, uh, no, a recent, on a dual core. A recent, dual core. Yeah, see, this won't be dual core, will it? But it was recent. a dual core Atom. Oh, okay. Which fine. was just sensational because you know, yeah. with hyperthreading, it, it thought it had four cores. <laughs> it still sucked the big one when it came right. to actually doing anything. But yeah. Okay. Well, look, I've, I've got options. I think I'll, I'll load up. I'll load up Mint because I actually quite like Mint. Okay. Uh, and it's got a nicer name, cooler name, I reckon. It's got a nicer desktop background uh, I on think, installation. I actually think that's where. Um, where most of the Linux distributions actually fight is, is around the quality of their backdrop. <laughs> I remember a big yeah. launch of Ubuntu yeah. where they said, you know, the backdrop's really become a bit more purples, a bit more Mac-like. Yeah. That was, Mac-like meant more purples right. was, was their equivalency. All right, well, to me, that's, that's pretty much the way you should determine what sort of operating system you should uh, install. Fantastic. yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I was actually genuinely surprised. I had a genuine surprise from the tech world last week because I've... I guess I've been so busy with work, I haven't been following what's been going on much. I haven't been keep, keeping up with, you know, the gadget blogs and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then they, um, Apple went and, um, you know, announced that it was releasing this mountain lion, cougar, puma thing next year or into this year. And I, I, I was actually surprised. I was like, oh, this is wonderful. I'm, I've, I know nothing about it. I've heard no rumours. It's actually a surprise. And it was, just, it was just joyful, Richard. It was like what we were talking about last podcast about... How we're just sick we're just and not tired. going to follow them. We're, we're yeah. sick and tired of all the speculation and the endless, you know, predictions which don't pan out anyway. And actually, just you know, read something on a blog and goes, "Oh yes, there's this new thing coming out." And I went to the Apple site. Oh, why not? 
My goodness, there is this new thing coming out one day. I don't know when. So who? Summertime next So you were kind of surprised year. by the fact that you know they're going to refresh their OS on their standard refresh well, so cycle? Well, actually, it's, it, there doesn't seem to be anything standard, actually. I mean, it's coming out this year. They only released Lion last year, didn't they? They've, yeah. they've usually been taking two, two and a half years between releases lately. So it, maybe, well, it seems maybe. like that. It seems like it's a long Before time. Before you know it, they'll take the, uh, a book out of Firefoxes and they'll be updating it every, every week. Every week, yeah. yeah. Oh, I couldn't handle that. And I'm luckily enough, most of my hardware, uh, well, all the current hardware that I'm running Lion on can, can be upgraded to Mountain Lion, which I think is a good thing. So I, I leave no Mac behind. So, but, uh, Very good. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, I, just, I just felt, wow, I, this is a joyful time to actually have something interesting and new and totally surprising. And I, I'm decided, it's working. It's absolutely working by not keeping in touch with all those silly blogs and RSS feeds. I've been deleting RSS feeds, Richard. Oh, my goodness. Believe, can you believe Simplifying that? your life. Simplifying my Give life. Give up carrots. Yeah. Well, no, I, don't, I, know I like carrots. Organic yeah, carrots like are the carrots best. Well, yeah. Good for your eyes. I heard that the whole good for your eyes thing was actually a bit of a ruse that started off um, during World War II when they were developing radar. Right. And, and the British uh, wanted to s- put out some misinformation and it had something to do with um, trying to convince, I think, the Germans that they'd gotten, uh, they'd gotten into, the, um, into the unique mystical properties and nighttime properties of carrots. And carrots were the reason why the British were able to see things that oh. were in flight, when in fact it was radar. Now, that's, I've heard that. that See, I, th- I, thought, I thought what you were going to say was that they were going to, having spread that misinformation, they were going to do like a um, a poisoned carrot drop, a bit like they do for rabbits, over like, Germany, and expect the Germans to pick it up and eat the carrots. Gee, that would have been going a... That would have gone, been a carrot too far, I think. <laughs> carrot done, too far. They'd done that, but I don't know if that's true. It's, it's, it's a pretty good story if that yeah. was actually spread in order to fool the Germans into thinking that was how the Brits were able to see... These the things dark. that were happening. Well, not even just seeing... Well, I guess it was seeing the, the dark, wasn't it? just sitting there going, do, do they really think we're that stupid? Um, We've got some pretty heavy carrot eaters and they can't see much. It's pretty easy to Ger- you know, test, yeah. isn't it, really? It's like, Germans are pretty smart, too. I mean, yeah. they were, what, building things like the V2 bombs? Well, well that's rockets. It. Yeah, on no, the one they hand, pretty smart. On the one hand, they were building rockets that were bombing England. On the mm. other hand, England was, like, making up stories. Well... I know which side I'd rather be on. <laughs> yeah, the storytellers. Because <laughs> <laughs> they... They didn't get Yeah, they that. borrowed some people that were building bombs. So, yeah. yeah. They were pretty neat bombs. Oh, well, you know, as bombs go. Yeah. You know those, um, was it the V1s, which were those buzz bombs? Yeah. I mean, they were kind of like the pre- predecessors of the uh, of these predator drones, except they weren't very remote controllable. I, feel, I don't even know. Well, they're more they're just, a precursor of a cruise missile. Like, really. Well, yeah. Yeah, which are all kind of precursors of the modern day drones, except, you know, a bit dumber, really. Fire True. and forget. And pray to God that they actually hit something, because they didn't really hit very many things, did they? And even the V twos weren't super successful. True, they weren't very well guided. So. Yeah, and they're a bit expensive. Well, what in terms of human life? Well, both that in terms of you know, <laughs> effort to put one together versus it was relatively cheap to put together a bomber crew and send them across. Yeah, true. Humans are cheap, really. Yeah, aren't they? and they came back some of the time. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, I'm going. I'm going to. I don't know how we got into this, but I'm going to give Linux a go. Richard. Okay, Failing that, I'll go to Vista. But from what you're telling me, that would probably be a poor choice, yeah, uh, and probably make life far worse uh, for my daughter. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about our uh, our Windows fondle slab. We got lent. Oh yes, I better give that back to you. 
okay. I better give that back to you. We're going to do that live, just so that, so that Chris has no doubt that it was given back to me. Yeah, no, this was the. Wow, beautiful... you got a case for it. Well, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> given that I've been looking after this, I'm taking it out of its uh, case. Right, which is a little plastic baggie which is inside. A plastic a, baggie inside a paper baggie. Inside a paper baggie, and now it's got a cardboard case. Yeah. And it's rubber encased as well. That's so right. there's like one, two, three, four layers. It's like a Russian doll. Yeah, it's yeah. a Russian doll. Um, and of course, this is not video, so you can't see. But holding it in my hand, and yeah, I played around with it. Um, I actually didn't put my SIM card in there. Two reasons. Uh, one is I didn't want to have to take the SIM card out of my phone. Because it would mean, um, you know, poking around and and, yeah. and stuff, and I just I just felt that was all a bit too much trouble, and I needed one of these little pokey things to get it out of my right. iPhone. And second, I noticed it had all your phone contacts on here, and I really felt loath to put my phone contacts and intermingle them with yours yeah, on this device. So yeah, um, so I've been randomly calling so, and emailing people that. Yeah, I had two reasons as well. So yeah. I had two reasons. Yeah. One was. Um, my SIM card wouldn't fit because I've got a conventional old school. Oh, and there's a micro SIM. And this is a micro SIM, yeah. and you know, replacing that with a micro SIM would be useless because then it wouldn't fit back in my old phone. Um, yep. Uh, actually, that was my only reason. But what I was going to say was uh, when I lent it to you, and as I was driving away, I suddenly thought, I forgot to erase it. I've left it logged into my Hotmail account. <laughs> oh yes, well I did. Yeah, and that shows that. a degree of trust that I figured that you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't buy too much. Well, it was trust and maybe apathy on my behalf, <laughs> Richard. That. Well, let's, um, so let's talk a little bit about the interface. How did you find the interface? Very, it's very fluid. I must say the screen on this is quite gorgeous. It's a very bright, vibrant screen. And I, I, re- I like the screen. It kind of, it, if you turn it ever so slightly though, it, um, the colour shift or, you know, just completely yeah. changes from being kind of pure to being uh, kind of grey. Yeah. And I, that's something I notice I don't really get on my iPhone. My iPhone's got better viewing angles. Right. Um, but it's the iPhone doesn't seem to be as vibrant as this in terms of the colours. Now I know is this do you know what kind of screen this has got? Has it got one of them AMOLED I don't know, actually, things no. with the, you know, extra green subpixel? <laughs> but I don't know, because actually the blue is uh, superb. I mean yeah, it's the like the bluest good. blue I've ever seen, yeah. Richard, on any smartphone or device. I'm not too sure um, how you if we can actually go and modify I d I didn't want to go fiddle around with the settings. Um and I don't, I'm not too sure if that scratch that was on the back there was there when you gave it to me. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. that's all right then. What um, scratch? Oh, that scratch there, just on the rubber. On the rubber? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this has barely been out of its little casing because yeah. I just I didn't want so to drop it How did you find the... So from a, from a usability fluid. experience, fluid. I, I, I liked it. I mostly liked it. I found some of the, some of the screen layout a little bit confusing in terms of... There was a lot of kind of lists that were just yeah, different just font sizes. You kind of had to know from the font sizes that sort of it was there was a natural grouping there. And yeah, I found that a little yeah. bit, a little bit hard to take at times. What I what I have found well, the bits that I didn't like were things like the calendar, um, and some of the little widgety things, which are a little bit too monochromatic for my liking. It's a beautiful transition to it. Though, it's it? a beautiful transition. The way stuff flies in and out. Uh, yeah, great. I mean, it, and pivots. It's a yeah. little bit like flip. Was it? Um, yeah, like flipboard. Flipboard. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I found that I love that. But I have to say that some of the stuff is a little bit too monochromatic for me. Uh, what I re- I quite like the keyboard, the on-screen keyboard. I use that. Oh, I found it impossible. Did you? Yeah, oh, see, I, I just... liked it. I liked it. I really did. Um, I didn't like the browser, though. The whole Internet Explorer browser with the Bing integration. It seemed a bit slow, and I was running that off Wi-Fi. Right. Uh, just this, it didn't scale and resize itself nicely. 
So I always, always felt as if I were using this any incy-wincy little Internet Explorer browser from my desktop crammed into this. Right. Which it didn't, feel, it, it didn't feel like, how would Apple put it, like I had the Internet in my hand. Right. And, and that is a big selling thing for me, is yeah. I've got to feel like somehow the Internet is, or the web is embedded in the palm of my hand. If it's not, then I'm, it's a jarring experience. So that bit I found jarring. Um, other than that, I found uh, yeah negotiating your contacts pretty straightforward, <laughs> and uh, I was quite interested in some of those. Richard, right. we won't talk about those. Yeah, all no, yet. don't please. Um, the camera pretty good. Now I have to say, I took a photo, and I was pretty still, and it was a little bit fuzzier than I would have expected. So okay. I don't know yep. what that means because this um, Nokia is known for exceptionally good lenses and things. So I don't know whether that was a scratch. <laughs> no, there's no scratch over the lens yet. Um, no, I don't know if that was a scratch or uh, it was. I, I don't know. You know, it was the lighting yeah. was good. It was in an office, so I had good natural lighting coming in as well as overhead yeah. lighting. And the photo was just really underwhelming. I was a bit surprised. I took a couple of others, and I couldn't get a good focus. So That's I don't know whether that was me. I struggled with the fact that I couldn't. I could never quite remember which button was which. Well, yeah, that was that was difficult because there's no on. Um, there appears to be no on-screen button you press. No. So I was, it sort of said, tap the button. And so I was touching buttons, but none of them would actually <laughs> take a photo. <laughs> That's why it was all fuzzy. Yeah, Keep yeah, getting true. thumped by a finger yeah. just before it took a so photo. So what eventually I worked out, Richard, was that there's this little silver button yeah, on top, which ugly. is actually the um, shutter button. But that was not obvious to me. But the interesting thing about it is it kind of stands alone. And when you hold it up as a camera, it makes sense where it is. But when you're using it as a phone... If you're right-handed. I kept thinking... Uh, it's sitting alone from all the yeah. other buttons. It's probably Must the power be button. The thing, yeah. So I was even trying to treat it like a power button. So, and the way in which oh, you do the, the way in which you do the push the little tab to lift that up to get the SIM card out, yeah. and then you do some. Well, is that the SIM card? Yeah. No, no, that's the no, charger. that's that, that's a charger. Okay, so first problem I have is that I don't have I didn't have the micro um, USB USB thing. So it took me a couple of days before I could get it charged because I had to ask around the office. Someone had a Google Android phone. Yeah. He was prepared to lend me his cable for. Uh, I think just bring it into work. Yeah, it did take a considerable amount of time to charge up. Oh, was it wasn't it? just me. No, uh, it took a long time to charge it up. Did, Much yeah. longer than maybe it's got a massive battery, Richard. <laughs> maybe it has. Because actually, if I look at the um, battery charge on this, it's still going strong. I think I don't know how to. Uh, let me turn it off and on. Yeah, no, it's still got about half battery, and I charged it ooh, late last week. So wow, okay, Friday last week. Yep. Hasn't good. been used though no. most of the time, but still on standby. It's not too and it's bad. It's Monday now, so it's Monday, so I think that's pretty good. But then getting the SIM card out, you had to you flick up that thing and then you slide something along. So it looked very. This thing, I'd be scared of breaking. To be honest, I was going to say, I'm this, really this, scared this, of breaking. The SIM card it. thing, I kind of, <laughs> I'm willing to forgive because you yeah. hardly ever change SIM. Card. Yeah, but the um, but the little flappy <clears throat> door thing. Yeah, the, yeah I, that's, I think that's just that's waiting. Not got a long life. That is, is just waiting to. If I just keep levering that, like yeah. I am now, Richard. Live, yeah, don't. Then, <laughs> then I don't think it's going to last for much longer. No. And I don't. The, the actual owner of this device might might find that it doesn't have much. Uh, yeah, he'll be able to access that port constantly. <laughs> yeah. So now that's a bit. I think that's actually a bit of a design flaw. It's not built for reliability. But hey, you know, all these phones have their little flaws. Um, when it's in this little rubbery case, it's kind of okay. Except then, or oh, that's actually good. You can't access the SIM card slot. Yeah, that's okay. True. As you say, you're not going to want to do that very much. Yeah. Um, I found um, cool. one of the things I found. So it's got Windows Phone has got kind of a couple of modes. It's got that. Uh, it's got kind of a simplified. I can't remember what's that screen with 
your favourites in it since she was there. I can't remember what that first screen's called. So uh, one of them's uh, a long list of every application on the entire phone. Yeah. Which, I don't know, scroll, big scrolling lists? That, that one really, there, the tiles. Yeah, the tiles. The tiles, I like the tiles. The tiles, tiles. are kind of nice, but I found, cool. the, I found the next mode, which is kind of like oh, just that everything. Big long, if big I, long if I had 100 apps, you know, there's no natural way of getting to the thing I want. Um, yeah, well, look, I don't think that's going to be an issue on uh, Windows Phone, <laughs> frankly, right? That's true. Having too many apps. The other thing that did my head in, yeah. and it's such a, a simple thing, is the fact that, you know, Nokia have written something that's, that talks about apps, but, um, you know, the actual app buying thing isn't called App Store, and of course that's because Apple always... It's a Windows Marketplace. It's called Windows Marketplace. Yeah, yeah. But, so I'm reading one thing that says app, and I think, oh, I, I want to go and download this app. So I go to the Windows Marketplace. Uh-oh. And I'm sure, yeah, obviously it's like pretty trivial you could learn, but that was um, a little bit... And you've got the amazing dice well, look, I, the, the, I downloaded that. That was one of the top... Is it? Because I actually, I think this actually says a lot about the Windows Phone platform, Richard. Oh, it's, it's abysmal. Um, it is abysmal. I know it's version 1.0, but, you know, the whole point of these gadgets, these devices, uh, is to really, is to show off to people. It's not version 1.0, it's version 7. No, no, that's the, oh, that's the, the number that I've shaken. Oh, right. So this application called Dice Shaker has two dice. Yeah. Yep. And really it's just the dice face. So there's a little square with the round edges that looks like a dice and it's got the dots on it telling you the number. So I've got a 5 and a 2 at the moment. It says number 7. Because I, it's a value add, just in case you can't add five and two quickly in your head. Yeah. I've done it for you and put seven. Okay. And you can touch here or shake, right? So if I shake it, you get that cool kind of shaking noise that you can probably hear there. And it tells you. But this is version 1.0 of the application. You can provide feedback or you can say, like it. Well, I don't like it. Because <laughs> as I was saying, the whole point of these app, little apps is they should be cool and they should be whimsical and they should... You know, express something so, about the platform. Yeah. They should be used to show off and, and show people and go, oh, look, honey, look at this, or show your kids. And, they'll, and you know, my kids wouldn't use this Dice Shaker app more than two times about, before going, well, that's lame. Because it doesn't actually show real dice in three, well, you know, virtual dice in three dimensions rolling around the screen using, you know, high-quality 3D physics to look like it's real dice. Which was the classic demo for Any, the iPhone. Oh, I think it was. I can't even remember, was it? Was, was, was the rolling right. dice. Was rolling its, dice. It should look like it's No. And so I expected something very similar yeah, well, when I downloaded it. No. So they've been, like, completely true to form, I think. Yeah. Or maybe Windows 27 is to be totally non-flashy um, to the point where it's dull. And it is very monochromatic, again, right? It's... Kind of the only colour on this are the two dice, which have got a red background, white dots. Everything's white, and there's sort of a darkened background behind it. And quite frankly, Richard, it's totally underwhelming. And I think this, this for me, maybe is uh, personifies Windows yeah. Phone 7 at the moment. And I'm sad, because I wanted flashy. I wanted bling. Oh, I don't think I tried hard. Maybe I should have tried hard to find you some flashy bling. No, you shouldn't have to. Dice Shaker should be the... You know, the archetypal flashy application, That's as you're true. saying. Yeah. Apple got it right. And I know who wrote Apple's one. wasn't Apple. Oh, no, it wasn't Apple. No, no, it would have been some third-party developer yeah. who, got, who went, what's some completely useless functionality and, um, you know, pointless uh, usability stuff that I can build into this app that just shows my coding prowess and the capabilities of this amazing platform but has zero value to society. Yeah. I can do a dice-shaking application. And, th- and they can do things like change the... The the um, I guess the color of the the background or the tabletop you're rolling it only on. in later you can, versions. Yeah, in later versions yeah. they change the the type of dice so they'd have some of different um, 
colours, different materials, maybe different weight. Maybe they had dice that actually had well, weights on them. So I you think, could. I think what happened was a lot of uh, a lot dice. of competition came into the into the dice market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what would appall me is if they did one of those beer drinking simulation simulation apps. You know, yeah. where you put the thing yeah, yeah. to your lips and it looks like you're drinking beer. And I could only I hate to think what kind of lackluster beer drinking app they'd do for this. It'd probably be like ginger ale. You know, not even real beer. Wow. And yeah, well, what's funny, you know, without you know Microsoft's probably spent billions of dollars on this platform, and well, they you're taking it apart that. based on a third-party developer's implementation. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> the spirit. It's the vibe of the thing, Rich. It's the vibe of the thing. If, if third-party app, app developers can't even be asked right. to write a kick-ass dice shaker application, okay. then maybe it's dead in the water. I'm sorry. You know, as much as I'd like to love this, I don't like it. And there's no don't like it at, um, button on here. Right. Seems to be strange, really. There's a feedback. It's assumed that there's a, an absence of like. Yeah. A no like. <laughs> a no like. There should be a no like thing, anyway. So, I don't know. Look, it was fun. I don't want to be too harsh. It's a beautiful piece of um, hardware. Yeah. It's world If you ignore the little... Um, scratchy things, yeah. Scratchy um, things. <laughs> and, and the, more importantly, the, the silly flap to uh, switch it on and off. Yeah. What do you think of this, um, the cardboard box that it came in? seems a bit... I think it'll last at least as long as the flap for charging. Can we yeah. Charge for, are you yeah. going to turn it off or does it turn it off? No, it, it turns itself off. I mean, we'll just let the battery drain down. It'll take another week. And I'm sure you'll return it to its point of origin before Very. then. Okay, so there you go. Windows. Yeah, so that so was the Nokia Lumia yeah, eight nine thousand plus in series Y. I have to say, at least yeah. it's got an easy to say name, and it, I keep and calling it, seems it Lumina. Cool. Lumina, yeah, but it's a kind of cool sounding yeah, name. Cool, yeah. No, so I think in terms of Nokia, have done a great, a bang up job in terms of the industrial design of this thing, and it's based on the N nine. N nine, yes, N nine, which was a and you know, which Microsoft, you can buy cheap now. Microsoft put together a pretty good operating system. And they're, but they're just let down by their... Um, their Dice app. They're <laughs> the d- two third-party developers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You couldn't design a Dice app to save themselves. Yeah, maybe maybe the other half of Nokia that don't do anything useful could just busy themselves writing apps. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, last last podcast, we are talking about bad sort of tech fiction that yeah. gets all tech wrong. Yeah. Well, You found some more. Well, yeah, sort of. Well, I think it's the same book, which really... Is, it made me wonder, actually, it got me a bit worried, because it was talking about how, um, you know, this intelligence organisation was basically, you know, able to decrypt all this traffic between the NSA and the CIA, and it got me to wonder, like, how, how secure actually today's encryption is, you know. And it's, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is good, no, isn't it? No, good. I mean, I want it to be good, because, you know, I rely on it, and it's like, I don't want to believe what's in these silly books, which are all made up anyway, but, you know, you know it's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, I'm relying, I'm relying on it for the last one. But, you know, with the amount of compute power in the cloud, you know, and presumably what NSA has at Fort Meade, can these guys really do, you know, brute force attacks on, I don't know, you know, like a 2256-bit uh, uh, AES encrypted... Assuming there's no backdoor things in the algorithm. But, you know, if I've encrypted stuff to that level... Um, is, there, is, it really, is it possible for these guys to do brute force attacks and, and decrypt my stuff? Not that I have anything worth doing. I'm just, I'm just, you know, putting it out there. I, I need to know, Richard. I, I don't. I feel sort of a little bit insecure. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, look, I, uh, I suppose it was a bit unfair, really. I was going to say the, on the you, one thing it? I, you know, the one thing I have looked at is, um, you know, uh, hashing algorithms recently. Yeah. And uh, certainly, you know, SHA. Well, MD5 was the original one, and yeah, we, yes. we got rid of that because that was a bit crap. 
and then it's we had this age. Is it? What's what's crap about it? It's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not collision. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, can, you, can, you can attack it. Um, SHA one has also been phased out in so favour of SHA two. Two, yeah. Yeah, um, and even there they're talking. You know, SHA two doesn't start with I think the minimum bit length you can have is two hundred twenty eight bits. Right to be if you're good. if you're feeling a bit thrifty. Yeah, but you know they recommend you know, yeah. two fifty six or five twelve. So you're starting to get a fair size of number range there when you start yeah. talking about five and twelve bits. You but you get um, a bit worried because all of Moore's law. Yeah, and the you know exponential, not not just linear, but exponential capabilities of compute power over time. You, you do start to get a bit worried that. But there, there's a number there's of factors here, isn't there? So goodness. you know, end of the day, managing risk is all about you know. Uh, probability of risk, which is so probability is extraordinarily low. Uh, probability of you being targeted seems extraordinarily low, and the implications of your data being stolen probably Quite low. pretty yeah, low. Yeah. So all in all, it seems unlikely that. Uh, well, you, yeah, you look, need I'm, I'm not. I'm not personally worried. As in, I can't know. believe you stopped at AES two fifty six. Anyway, oh, I mean, I personally use an AES two fifty six with a, <laughs> Plus, a blowfish over the top. Yeah, over the top of it. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Um, after Blowfish, I'll use the Octopus one. Or yeah, I think TrueCrypt allows True, it. Uh, yeah, three, it does. Three yeah, rounds, You can do three it? rounds. Yeah. Which, you know, so it's super super encrypted. Uh, I think when I created my TrueCrypt volumes, I think I just used one because I was yeah. feeling lucky that day. Uh, I, I found that something And I didn't want to use those also rounds because those other ones, they fa- they didn't win. Oh, didn't they? No, yeah. they didn't win. That's why um, well, I used one. Well, <laughs> I am... Um, I, I found something out. I, I went to download the latest version of TrueCrypt, and it said, you know, new version out, use the new version. Yeah. I thought, oh, what's new in the new version? And one of the things it said was, good news, new version properly encrypts um, Hibernate files. Crikey, does that mean oh. it didn't before? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, there's like four gig of information that every time I hibernate that's actually yeah. got... Yeah. You could just shut down your machine every time. Yeah. Well, I, no, I just wonder, Richard. I'm not, yeah, I'm not personally worried that I've got anything... Um, worthwhile cracking, but you know, there's plenty of dissidents and and other revolutionaries out there in the world who might be using AES, blah blah blah, and I, I'm, I worry for them. I worry that uh, you know the world's not as secure as we we'd like it to be, and, and I'm worried about I'm sure governments that, I'm going sure rogue. Uh... I'm, I'm worried about the US government going rogue or the federal government, you know, because they can't be trusted. Or um, or Google, for example, using its immense powers and compute resources. It's funny that you think that a government uh, would go to all that length to attack you. No, no I'm not talking about me. You intrinsically <laughs> trust that the developer at LastPass will get it right. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I using some... It's much more likely there's a backdoor in LastPass yeah. than there is that the government's trying to get your secrets. Well, I'm, yeah, then they have an openly encrypted you know, list of things to do in the next two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I worry about these things, Rich, because I think they're an important part of the society we live in, which is, you know, I want it to be free and open and transparent, well, but private. The but government wants it to be free and open as I well. I want it to be they're private. They're not so keen on private. Well, I, I personally think, you know, in terms of the country we live in, which is New Zealand, that yeah. it's, a, it's an important part of our society and what makes it work. Uh, the fact that I, when I go home and I turn on the lights at home, I, I, close, the, I close the blinds. I draw my curtains. And apparently in some parts of Europe, that's not common practice because people just don't care what other people can see. Which, and yeah, that's you, weird, isn't it? You're not having another go at the Dutch, are you? <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> pick any Europeans <laughs> oh, okay. out in, right. in particular. 
Uh, are they in Northern Europe? I think it's mainly yeah, the nor- Northern Europeans. And things. Yeah. Well, they 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 need curtains. Yeah. Well, it gets cold. cold. I'm talking yeah. about summertime. Okay. I'm sure in wintertime they'd be, set, but they've got double glazing. I'm thinking the Germans. They'd be they'd be fully into not into showing what they're up to. Disclosure. Yeah. Yeah. Disclosure. Yeah. But you know, that's an important part, isn't okay. it, of being a Kiwi or an Australia? I don't know about Australia. Actually, they've, they've, they're a little bit different. True. I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of that ASIO, the uh, Australian. What security intelligence organisation? Uh, the feds. Mm. Yeah, we don't have feds, do no. we? Because we haven't got states. No, because <laughs> we've barely got a government, really. But, yeah. <laughs> so I, I do worry okay. about these things, Richard, and, and I, I'm going to have to. Do, I'm going to do some research. Maybe just to find out. I might put it out there. I'm going to go like. Do Careful something. though. I'm not sure that yeah, that login to the blogs particularly. Yeah, secure. no, yeah. it's not very secure. It's I don't know what's secure in that thing, but uh, no, I worry about it because. You know, if, if they can do it, then they'll they'll come and get our data. But it's refreshing. You're right. They're not interested in me. I'm just worried about other people's data. Oh. And I, you know, because I care. Right. I care about that. And maybe you could offer to look after their data for them. Put it in by cloud. Yeah. Put or, it in a you know three round. Oh, winner, uh, second, yeah. and third. <laughs> I'll, I'll offer up. Yes, I'm prepared to host a TrueCrypt. Uh, Volt, yeah, volume on my uh, 256 gigabyte. And don't worry, SSD. it'll be fully backed up to Dropbox. <laughs> it will be, yeah. Okay. So, um, hey, I want to show you something. You, you show me something. Look at that little bad boy, bottom left-hand corner. What does it say? Uh, Toodle do. Oh. Is, <laughs> is that like your own personal app? It's your first app, is it? Bottom right. Oh, Calix. Oh, Plex. Plex. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Plex. Sorry, not the well, bottom. Not, not the bottom. Bottom. No, bottom, bottom right. Yeah, oh, yeah, bottom. not on the launch yeah. bar thing. Plex. Are you um? You converted. Plex is back. Plex is uh, for you. Well, Plex, you... Is, Plex is coming to my life, uh, which has added complexity. I might add. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I I was playing with my Apple TV. Yeah. Yeah. I go through these cycles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Bit of speed day. I thought you'd given up on that one again. So Apple TV was back alive yeah. and it was working because it was connected to my Apple time capsule. So now that I have a fully Apple world, it all kind of works. Seems to be the way Apple yeah. likes things to work. Of if course. It's all just um, and so I suddenly thought, well, I wonder if I can do AirPlay from the Plex media server because right. you know because you you ranted on about it and you know yeah. honestly the boxing media server is laughable. So uh, so I thought, well, yeah, but I don't want to actually have a like a laptop like you uh, mm. down by my computer. That's never going to fly. Or even a home theater PC. I mean, I do have a shuttle that I could use, but still not keen. It's a bit wasteful, isn't it? Yeah, always so, too noisy. So, yeah, yeah, so I've installed the Plex Media Server. Right. And running so basically on, uh, on my Mac, which is right. running all the time anyway. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I use, you know, use the Plex, Plex application and then on, the, AirPlay it on, the, on the iPad and yep. then AirPlay across. And it works beautifully. And it works beautifully. So long as you don't want to like fast forward or anything. Oh, yeah. Once it's kind of going, you kind of leave it, kind of leave it yeah. alone. But um, yeah, it worked. It worked. Once, uh, initially, I forgot to change the, the bit rate, so that it had a bit rate that was appropriate for my phone, which looked yeah. terrible on the TV. But once I got it all good, it worked nice. You can do it from your iPad as well, because it's a universal works. app. It is a universal well, app. And in all fairness, it works much better on the, on the, on the iPad, iPad, because yeah. it's got a bit more real estate to yeah. play with. So, what is this? You conceding? Nice little hybrid. You're conceding, nice then, that, that uh, Plex is the superior media center solution, yeah. and that uh, Boxy is a bunch of bollocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not far off. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I even like the fact because one of the only things I did yeah. like about the Apple TV, one of the things I really felt that Apple did right was they actually put a decent buffer in it. Right, yeah. So it actually buffers really nicely. For, so for once it play. gets going, yeah. you know, it basically screams. It buffers virtually a whole movie, um, and then you know you don't get any. Whereas Boxy, I think, must have had a buffer of about two kilobytes. 
Do you reckon a buffer's a just... movie? You can buffer that. No, it movie. does because you can. You can, actually, you can actually see it. Uh, the oh, moving reckon, but it does it faster than real time, right? Yeah, so it's oh, yeah, filling yeah. that buffer up while it's like fast while it's time to play. Yeah, yeah, you know that? yeah. And you know, as I say, it's got enough space to take a pretty standard movie. So you know, it'll buffer the whole thing. So I, I don't know. I, f- I feel vindicated, Richard. I feel vindicated because well, there I was feel a lot hybrid. of. Although there's no boxy in there, so no, exactly. Like, I don't see where the boxy. Boxy has been much moral boxy hybrid. has been relegated to the gadget graveyard yeah, at long last. I know. Yeah. I can't bring myself to get rid of it though. It might make a routine. Uh, no, well, why? Why bother? What What could it give you over and above the experience you're getting now? Well, well, it's attached to a TV that doesn't have an Apple TV on it. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could hack it to run Plex. Maybe I could. Well, because, that's true. You know, it's got some. A little Linuxy embedded operating system. Yeah, I expect so. Yeah, you could just just hack it and. I'll report back on it. Yeah, I'll give that a go. All right. Well, um, did we talk about? Did we talk about uh, Unraid and Beyond Raid? We talked about oh, that, Richard. Lately? I think you, I think you have a teaser. You were going to Unraid. Well, I was looking at Unraid. I was looking. Did, did we? I can't remember. Well, if we have, too bad. We're going to talk about it again. <laughs> Um, you know, I've been looking at trying to, you know, get reliable sort of NAS storage. I've got a whole bunch of stuffs hooked up against, um, you know, my little time capsule, so lots of individual drives. And they're all good. They're little, you know, acting as, as one cluster of, of uh, storage. But I'd like... that It's not reliable, you know? So every drive is a point of failure. But the good thing is I'd only leave, uh, lose what's on that drive. And I, I've been looking at, um, you know either buying something like one of those Drobo uh, RAID devices or, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's tons of other brands out there which provide yeah. their own proprietary RAID, uh, or building something where you just build a, com- you know, a little computer, yeah. whack a whole bunch of drives in there, load up either something like Beyond RAID or Unraid, which are these, um, I think they're paid for. No, Beyond RAID, I believe, is open source yeah. or, open, or, or less free. Unraid is free for three drives, and then you pay a license if you want to have more than three drives in your machine. And it basically does uh, a kind of a hybrid form of, I, I guess it's proprietary RAID, but it's not the you know the, the um, standard RAID that we know of. And the goodness, good thing about it is if the RAID somehow breaks, uh, you can just still take out the drives which are still working and access all the files on them. So. They maintain, you know, their own sort of file system integrity, but the RAID system obviously provides so a meta, sort of yeah, or some some sort of RAID layer on top of the standard operating system. Right. So to me, this is the best of all worlds because uh, I don't have to wait for a rebuild of yeah. this of the whole RAID thing, or uh, in fact have degraded performance while I'm waiting for it to rebuild. So I could actually whip well, out the data. Pretty sure you would have degraded performance. Well, not if I want to whip out those drives and stick them somewhere else, mount them <laughs> separately. I'd, I'd yeah, still get access to them. Yeah. So outside of, the, outside of the RAID system, those drives would be available. And I, and I find this quite enticing. Is degraded performance really going to... No, but that's probably not a big deal. No, yeah. the, the degraded performance. No, for me, the worry is about not being able to access the data except through that RAID System where that RAID system is provided by hardware or software. I want to be able to like just still get to that data. Oh, I can take like the, the drive, openness the openness. That, I can yeah. mount that drive somewhere else on another machine, still have access to all that data. If I stick it back into the RAID system, it'll uh, join all its meta, RAID metadata up with the other RAID metadata and get rebuilt and all be good again. Oh, okay. But so you know, it's this kind of it's this hybrid wow. hy- hybridity that I really 
quite like the idea. But you require a whole PC to do this. Yeah, now, so that's where I don't yeah, like. Okay. Is that then, then you get into the, well, I've got to find a little computer that looks nice. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't really abide by an ugly-looking thing. Just get a Mac Mini. Yeah, but you can't. There's no. You can't stick drives into a Mac Mini. You can fit two drives in there. You need. I'm oh, looking, yeah, this is an internal bay. You know, I'm looking for something that can fit five twenty drives in. Wow. And that's going to be hard to I get. You like a NAS. <laughs> yeah, I don't. They, well, they can. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. The, the yeah. alternative is to buy one of those babies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, a ready NAS or a Nick. Is it you know Nick ready NAS or um, the other brands that are out there? Uh, if the sound fun, the, I would say, where's the fun in that? But I'm not. Yeah, look, there's no, and that's what I realise. That's what's been holding back. Is there's no fun in any of this. No. It's, it's just about looking after your data, and I just, I get to the point where I say, oh, it's not much fun. I, I don't, I'm not actually that interested or turned on by having to build my own machine. No. Got to find it. You know, you got to pick the chassis. You got to buy all the bits separately, and I don't. That's not hard anymore. It's just all component ties, yeah. and you just whack it together. But it, it's just work. And I'd really... It's it, a lot of work just to store some It data. is a lot of work. And then, you know, I've got to format the thing, get it set up and stuff. And then if I buy, like, one of these ready-made things, I, I think they're a bit more expensive, looking at the price of it. But again, it's kind of a little bit proprietary, and they've got their own little proprietary ways of doing things. They can run all sorts of things like, um, you know, DLNA media servers on there, torrent servers if you want to run that. Yeah. You can run all sorts of things in the background... But oh, it's all a bit... Riddled with viruses. It's Not all a viruses, bit much. It's all, it's all yeah. a bit much, really, I thought. And you really, all I want is just a bunch of discs with a little bit more protection than what I've got. And so I haven't found the Nirvana yet. Right. Yeah, unless someone out there, you know, can say, hey, here's a, here's like a little computer that looks pretty, it's quiet, doesn't use too much power, because, you know, you want to leave this thing on all the time. You want to be able to power down the a computer that's spinning five... 20 yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks nice. It looks nice. And doesn't cost too much. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. The looks nice is good, even though I probably wouldn't actually want to see it. But when I do see it, I want it to look nice. Uh, you could probably save power by look, packing it full of, you know, two and a quarter inch or two and a half inch discs. Well, no, you probably could. Yeah. That'd cost more though, wouldn't you? Say, so, uh, hey, yeah. did I mention cheap? Yeah, okay. I want, I want it to be cheap. So, uh, yeah. It's pretty hard to find all those all those things so what I'm thinking of is like Apple just needs to make me one but they'll never do that kind of thing they, they do the whole thing. yeah they do the whole well you get one drive in there well not, not if you get the Mac Mini server you well you get two in drives there. in there yeah that's a hell of an expensive uh, you know cheapo rating they'll run a mail it? server as well though true it could run anything wiki. Yeah. yeah, I could I could even brute force attack my uh, my, my true crypt vaults and true. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So no, I haven't I haven't quite solved that. Okay. You, you you care about reliable sort of storage? Oh, oh, I care. I don't do anything about it though. No, oh, yeah. See, a lot of us care about. It. We just don't do, do we? Well, I got mirroring. You know, at the end of the day, time capsule is just a mirror of my actual PC. So it would have to fail in two points. Is it really a mirror? It's not really a mirror. It's, it's an incremental backup of your yeah PC. That's a mirror. It's a mirror and a lot of pieces. <laughs> a thousand pieces. Or okay, no, no, hey. Well, what I'm saying is data stored in two places. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Quite often, that's a lot better. It's a backup. Than most. It's, a, it's backup. a lot better than most people. Yeah. No, uh, I, I'm thinking for like my main media store. I just want it to be kind of reliable-ish, and I've already got that kind of uh, redundancy. Well, not redundancy, but separation. I don't have a single point of failure because all the drives are separate. But I, I just, yeah, it's just something about it. I just. I just feel like my, my own internal cloud in my home needs to be a little bit more reliable. 
<laughs> and, and it's probably yeah, yeah, it's like, anally retentive. Yeah, isn't no, it? seriously, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. It's that whole difference between you know when you buy gadgets and they're like, you know, this is for domestic use, not for commercial use. Yeah, you know, I, it just seems I like both. you want a commercial grade. You I do want commercial, want commercial grade, grade, but at consumer in pricing. your domestic requirements. Yeah, uh, in, yeah, with domestic pricing. Well, yeah. in fact, zero pricing yeah. actually is my preference. And not only that, one suspects that you know if anything ever went wrong, you probably wouldn't be able to recover your data, and you'd be left no, explaining well, to loved ones. That's about how you chose an open source. No, that's where I think that these these companies guarantee it. Yeah. They, they say you you always have access to your data, which is I like that Drobo um, thing that I was looking at, Data Robotics. They've got a proprietary rate system where, by all accounts, you're pretty much stuffed if if they can't get it back for you, or if you can't, you know, uh, buy new. So say the enclosure yeah, uh, yeah. has a fault, then you basically have to buy another one. There's no way you can get your data back. It's like, whoa, I'm not prepared for that. I, I'm happy if the machine I buy or build has a failure, but the drives are intact. Then I can at least go and get the data back off the drives. That, that's important to me. Okay. You know, it's it's that openness, but simplicity, and I don't, I just don't know if we can get that. Yeah. I think Apple could do it for me if they were that way inclined, but I just don't think they're that way inclined because they want me to stick everything in the city cloud thing they keep talking about. Oh, the iCloud. Yeah, that wonderful one. Wonderful, magical iCloud. Yeah, but I mean, Google's no different. Everyone wants me to stick stuff in the cloud. Yeah. But, I, you know, I just I don't think they're willing to give me four or five to ten terabytes of data for nothing yeah. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Yet. The introductory plans haven't met your expectations. No, they haven't. No. And even if they had, uh, my broadband provider isn't that keen on me, you know, uploading down. Well, they actually probably don't care. They just want to charge me. That's true. I had to upgrade my right. plan. Did you? Yeah, just a couple of days ago. Ran out of data. What you? It's kind of like it's kind of like the hose. Now, are you? It's like the hose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like the water ran out. It was hopeless. What's your what type of plan are you running on now? Yeah, sixty. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, the the that's very decent. the the um the problem was my newfound love affair with iTunes U. Right, so you so can learn I, stuff. I kept downloading courses yeah. to educate myself. And I, it was you only like, have time to watch them. Gig here, gig yeah, here, yeah. before I knew it, you know, downloaded all the Apple educational videos about iOS development. And yeah. Yeah, and then I had to explain to the kids why they, why they couldn't play the game. Because <laughs> daddy's getting learning. It was easier just to slap down some more money yeah. and, uh, yeah. and get a big Up, plan. Upgrade your plan. Yeah. Sexy gig's like pretty decent nowadays, yeah. right? I mean, you, you can't go wrong. With that, I would have thought. And it's good to have more than you need, so you just never have to worry about that sort of thing. Part of the right? problem is that you know, software patches have become quite bloated. Is that what you're blaming it on? <laughs> or your lack yeah, you of... Uh... I, think, I think, honestly, you need like five gig a month just to patch all your devices. No, you don't, do you? Oh, I think you do. You no. know, like a, if you get an iOS upgrade, that's almost invariably well, that, me. That happens like once a year or something. OS X one, that'll be another oh, couple of gig. True. Windows, they're pushing... Microsoft Office, you can't get a patch for Microsoft Office that's under 150 meg. Uh, yeah, true. They don't. They don't take into account that that kind of usage, do they? That should be free. That, that should, should be, be free. That should be unmetered broadband. It should be, yeah. and, and only, it should only be charged for watching YouTube. That's right. Yeah, things that aren't beneficial to society. Yeah, it's just like drugs. I, actually, it should be sponsored by the government because a lot of stuff I look at is educational, and education's free in this country, That's pretty true. much. So I think any looking at, in fact, most of YouTube could be educational too, in could one be. way or form. Yeah. So really, should only be paying for things like Facebook. It's true. Even looking at Wikipedia, Google searching, that's all educational. Yeah. You're learning stuff. Yeah. Downloading music from iTunes, maybe you should have to pay for that. Yeah. Admittedly. But the iTunes U shouldn't have to. No. Apps, yeah. 
I don't think about iTunes U is you can't actually get Apple content off it. What do you mean? Well, you know, like an iOS development. If you want to learn about iOS development, you have to learn off of Stanford. Yeah, but yeah. They're, they're good. They're better. Yeah. Well, so, some of the Apple ones are quite good. I, I'm not happy about it. I'm going to fax them. I'm going to fax them <laughs> an angry letter. Hey, uh, do they... This... Oh! Oh, that's it. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. We're the Ministry of Geek. <laughs> oh boy, that's happened yet again. So uh, no, that's probably a good good time to actually wrap things up, isn't it, Rich? I'm, I, I'm not even going to be able to edit that one out. Actually, no, I don't think that's because just that's just yeah. Now people wonder why that happens from time to time. Is this because uh, yeah, we said a benchmark? We said the, the podcast finishes after forty minutes, and we miss it every time. Yeah, and we, you know we put in that end marker. That's right. As a way of reminding us, uh, and usually I mute it. Yeah. as it goes over there so uh, if you're listening to this you're really in the extended edition we've got another couple of hours to go that's right. and I'm going to rant about my school teacher I didn't like right, yeah that's what you do at the end of you know, extended editions <laughs> off, off air edition that's right well no I think that actually was a good time to finish up and uh, yes we'll, 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 we'll leave that out we'll leave it out we'll leave it at that so um, thanks for geeking out with us we're the Ministry of Geek we're the Ministry of Geek